Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. But here's what I want you to get. This is what Proverbs 3 tells us. Okay? But when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 26, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. The Bible says this. When you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Now watch this. Now back in those days, that's economy, right? Okay, we got that. The Lord can say, I am sending you to a new industry, into a new state, and when you get there, you're now going to make $100,000 a year. You were making 40000 here, now you're going to make 100000 there. When you get there, take, the possession, take possession of it, of that job that you've been given, and then says, then take some of the first fruits of your paycheck, okay? And put it to use for God's glory. If that means reinvesting, if that means tithing and giving it to a church or a ministry, do what the Lord says. It belongs to him. And God says you will be blessed. We could talk about this subject every day for a year. And we still won't touch a lot of this. So let me close by saying this, and we'll repeat or move into the next section coming up. Because I'll go into New Testament scripture as well. Remember what the Pharisees said to Jesus to trap him. Just remember the story. The story goes... Why aren't your people, you know, pay taxes or is it lawful to pay taxes? He was trying to say that, you know, you, you so-called religious people are paying, not paying taxes or you are paying taxes, but we want to find out what's a, what does the Torah say about this subject? Jesus saw through all that duplicity and he said, give me a coin. See, he, he knew how to answer the question. So this is New Testament teaching, people. Listen to me. This is very important. He takes the coin. And he says, whose inscription is on this? They said Caesar. Then give to Caesar what is Caesar, and then to God what is God's. Now, if I say, give me your dollar bill, and I say, what does it say on this? You would tell me that is our currency for our country. Yes, the dollar, which pretty much governs all the economies around the world because of the value of that dollar. But you have to pay taxes on your dollar that you make. You have to pay taxes. But there are people who don't want to pay taxes and they cheat, they steal, or don't report they make money. Now, again, that's another subject, but I want you to hear my point. So if you're trying to get away from not paying your taxes, Jesus just told you what belongs to God is God's and what belongs to Caesar is Caesar or to the government to the government. So if you're not paying your taxes, you're not being a good steward of the monies that God has given you. 
So don't avoid paying your taxes. Don't lie on your tax returns. Don't don't try to not report what you actually get under the table. You are stealing from God. And that's in Malachi, which we'll get into the next assignment. But listen to me carefully. Look at what Jesus said again. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. That's a command. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Jesus' word spoken, it's in red. Give to Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is God. Give your taxes. Pay your taxes. I have a CPA. I have to file for my taxes. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes you got to go, wow, we, we pay a lot in taxes. Boy, that would be nice if I had that money back. Sure it would, but it doesn't belong to you because you're a steward. So when you don't personalize it's your money, it's a blessing that God has given you, then you don't have a problem paying your taxes because you're a steward. That money does belong to the government. But then here's your left, money's what's left. Then give to God what's his God's. Pay your tithes and offering. Pay your tithes and conjunction offerings. Give 10% plus. I can tithe to my church, but then I still got enough money. I can give offerings to whatever God tells me to do with the money. Why? Because it's his and I'm just a steward. If you want to see more blessings in your bank account or more blessings in your life, give to Caesar what is Caesar and God what is God's and you will see your vats brimming over with new blessings and opportunity. Your barns will be filled, meaning your checking accounts will always have money in it. Your savings account will have money in it. Your 401k will have money in it. Everything that's called your barns or income streams that take it and put it into an account will always be filled and overflowing, maybe because of interest or dividends. But then your vats, other opportunities coming your way will brim over new blessings with new wine. I had a friend come up to me who is a real estate agent. And she says to me, tell me more about first fruits. I said, okay. I showed her the scriptures. She never practiced it. And she told me that she makes money based on being her own. She has, she has her own agency, if you will, real estate agency. She makes money. Her husband makes money. She's, she's eligible for whatever she said, Social Security. So she saw that as free money. But she saw it as hers, my, mine, mine. And she said she was struggling financially with all the monies that was coming her way. And she couldn't understand why they were having, say, problems, difficulties with their money. When I'm sitting at the table and I'm telling her that that money belongs to God and I showed her in scripture what it is, her perspective changed, the paradigm shifted, and all of a sudden she's now practicing it and things are moving in a more positive manner. Why? Because she realizes she is a steward of the money, not an owner of it, because it all belongs to God. Remember in closing, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God, and you will be blessed. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I love this subject. I pray your people will hear, yield to it, obey it, and see their vats overflowing, Lord, with new wine. Bless this teaching, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. Join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer. Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. Now, we're going to go into a lot of detail in weeks to come on this subject, but I want you to hear, when I share God's word on this, you're going to have to understand that stewardship is everything. And when you say that the monies you have is yours, and you say, my money, my money, my money, uh, my bills, my bills, my bills, or I'm going to put my money for this investment because I got these income streams, I'm going to put it here. You become overly obsessed with it, which then becomes your God or your idol. But when you say God has given me these monies or these income streams, and I'm going to manage it according to what God tells me to do with it, then now I'm a steward of it. And therefore, I will apply the principles of management to do what God said to do with it. And we can get into the scripture of the parable of the talents, but I don't want to talk about that this very minute because we could say that that does apply here, but then I could take the principles of the parable of the talents to look at spiritual gifts. I could look at anything that relates to a scripture that God has talked to, talked to us about through his word and relate it to still always financial responsibility. There's more subjects in the Bible relating to financial management than it talks about hell. There's more subjects in the Bible about accountability with economics than there is on things discussed about heaven. Look it up. We'll talk more about in how many scripture verses that it relates to. Because economies <laughs> existed even in Jesus' day. Remember when Jesus said, um, when the Pharisees confronted Jesus, and they took a coin. Jesus says, give me a coin. And he took the coin and says, whose inscription is on this? And they said, Caesar. Jesus said really profoundly, then give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. So what he's saying here is, yeah, you got to pay your taxes, but the money still is God too. So you pay your taxes, but you also take your monies and give it to God. So you got to give your taxes to Caesar but you also got to take give give that portion to what he's saying here, flipping the coin around, then give whatever's God is God's. And that's your tithes and offerings. So we, we just seem to accept when the government takes your FICA or your federal uh, taxes out of your paycheck and you go, yep, he took away 10, 15, 30%, whatever that amount is. It takes it out, then here's your net income. Your gross is what it is, but then all of a sudden here comes your taxes right away and then boop, Here's your final check. Now, what if somehow God took his percentage off? <laughs> government takes his, as Caesar takes the Caesar takes his cut. What if somehow in our in our spiritual, supernatural way of looking at it, God took his say minimum ten percent, and then we just get what's left over? We probably have to learn just to accept it. But no, God God gives us free will. God just says no. If you love me. You still got to pay your taxes. You got to you got to render unto Caesar what is Caesar. 
But now you have a choice to give to God what is God's. So why does Satan, and we use Satan sometimes here, interchangeably, can get you convinced that the money is yours when it really is God, because demonic influences do dictate, because remember, Satan is the ruler of this world, and he rules based on economics. That's why there's the spirit of greed everywhere and selfishness everywhere. So when somebody goes, my money, my money, my money, that is not of God. That is of Satan. It's just called greed. <laughs> it's sinful. So when Jesus takes a coin and says, give to Caesar what is Caesar, pay your taxes, and then take the rest of your monies and give unto God what is God. Give God his first fruits. Give God what belongs to God. Now, I can talk, talk about this in, in the Old Testament and move right into the New Testament. But let's talk about first fruits in Proverbs chapter 3. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, the word says, now remember, we believe in the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, and it all applies to us. We're not under the law, we're under grace, but the Bible is still the word, the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. And everything the Bible says from Genesis to Revelations tells us to serve God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength love our neighbor as ourself. And I'm here to tell you, everything belongs to the Lord. Amen? So watch what it says here in Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Now you guys got to say that. Your wealth is everything you have. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Agriculture, cattle, everything back then was related to how people made money. We make money because we work in industry. We work in we we make money because we're in retail. We make money because we're an entrepreneur. We that's our we're not making money based on selling crops unless you're a farmer. So when it says honor the Lord with your wealth, remember what Jesus did. He took that coin and said, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and give to God what is God. So your wealth belongs to to the Lord. You would not have it unless the Lord gave it. Now watch this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, unless you've been through what I'm about to tell you, you can probably say, hey, that relates to me. So I'll give you an example. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I own various types of businesses. All my businesses do well, but then economy comes in and sometimes affects the prosperity level of a business. Sometimes in such that you might have to close a business, sell a business, or, you know, whatever how you want to look at it. No longer exists, or you traded it in or sold it off and maybe had mergers or acquisitions or whatever. Okay, we get all this. But there are times, though, when your business is going slow that you, you take the monies that you have and you hold on to it and don't give God his portion. And then all of a sudden you're taking the monies because you think you got to pay your bills, personal, or in the business to keep them going. My friend, that's not biblical economics. Always give the Lord your first fruits.
Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. Join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer. Shalom. Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. Now, here's where I would go with this. If we're a believer in the subject of managing money, we will know that everything that we have belongs to God. Your monies belong to God. The Holy Spirit dwells within you, so your body belongs to God because it's the temple of God. But it somehow seems very diverse in our thinking right now because we have to say to ourselves, well, but God gave me freedom and free will to do what I want because he has given me the desires of my heart. He has given me um, the talent. He has given me the opportunities to get educated. He's given me all these things. Yes, he has. God truly has given you the blessings to have a job, the blessings to have the skill sets to get a job, the blessings to have to be a talent in any field of industry, from entertainment to, you know, industrialized business to the technical field to anything that relates to making you money. Many people say, I'm going to go to school to become a doctor. And watch this. Not because, not everyone says this, but I, 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 most of the things I'm saying to you is because I lived it. <laughs> They're saying, I'm going to be a doctor because, hey, uh, doctors make good money. I'm just saying what people say. Not all. Not 100%. So I'm caveating some factuals here. I want to be a doctor because I want the title of being called a doctor. I want, the, I want to be in the prestigious world of uh, healthcare by being a doctor because then the people can call me doctor and I make so much money. Okay, you, you go into school because you want to make money. Okay, that's, that's your goal. And I've had many young students tell me out of the professions that will pay the most with a degree, a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, and so on, these are the reasons why people pursue vocational or um, academic scholarship, if you will, in the areas in which they can make money. I get it. But most of the billionaires and rich people in the world today did not go to school to become a doctor. Through entrepreneurialism, through innovation, through creativity, to whatever they did, even though they did go get some education, um, some people are just great at creating a vision of approach to entrepreneurism and becoming wealthy at it. You look at this, just Bill Gates, you can look at Zuckerberg, you can look at even Donald Trump. I mean, just come on. Everyone that has become rich did not go to school to get master's degrees or terminal degrees so that they can be billionaires. That wasn't their whole approach to going out there. If I'm wrong, please send me an email or give me give my office a call. But even with the pursuit of a program that would catapult you to what I call financial freedom or independence, if getting a degree is to make you rich, okay, well, I, I, I can, again, speak for experience. I have terminal degrees, but my degree path did not launch me to become rich. Now, watch what I'm saying this. The education helps. Knowledge always helps. But because of that, 
entrepreneurism for me and starting businesses, buying businesses, helped me become, as some would call, somebody within, in that area, wealthy or rich. Now, here's where we go with this. Here's where we go with this. As a believer, everything you do, everything you do, should be done to the glory of God and should be given to God. Your intellect, your talents, your physical abilities, everything should be done and given to God. And the reason why I say this is because if you want to be blessed by God, which can include, watch this, financial prosperity, good home, health, all those things that we can say that God would give to you, then you have to give it back to him. Take a church that you go to. If everybody believed that everything belonged to the Lord, including their finances, then why is less than 15% of the church tithing with a model of 10% of their income? Think about that. If less than 15% of the church goers in any particular church is, is tithing and the rest are not, you're talking 85% at least are not tithing. Then you say, don't they believe in the scripture? Give unto the Lord. Don't, don't they believe in Matthew 6, 33, where it says, you know, seek the Lord with your heart and, and, and seek the things of heaven in all its righteousness and all things will be added unto you. That's scriptural. Even if we say with the, the, the New Testament, you know, Jesus gave examples about a woman who took all the coins she had, all the money she had, and gave it to the temple, and, and people were criticizing it. And Jesus said to those over there who had all the money, who gave a tenth of what they had, Jesus looked at them and said, but this woman gave everything. God wants us to give everything to him. Not that we're poor and broken without need, but means by a heart of giving everything back to him. Now, I got to be honest, my friends, I, I actually thought about this more every day uh, over the last several weeks because I was looking at what I had to go through in my finances in order to see how I can better manage it. And then I thought, well, am I managing things because it's mine or do I give it another definition? If the resources I have, because you take a class called financial management, because we figure we're managing things like a leader is a leader defined by what leadership is. I can do that. But the management of resources is where it is a I am. I am using the word. I am managing the resources that I have. So it makes it about first person. It makes it about me to say that these resources are mine because I'm managing it. We all can say, yeah, I agree with that. But when we know everything belongs to someone else, of course, we're going with this, then we don't call it mine or I'm managing my. We say that I'm responsible for someone's or this um, responsibility for this system, this, this program, this material possession. I'm responsible for that. So to be responsible for somebody's things 
then I will say that I'm not the manager per se. I am the steward of these things. Management is the management of resources using management principles of accountability. But a steward can be defined as conducting or managing of something or to be the careful management of things that is under your purview. Your purview is what you are managing under the model of stewardship, which is protecting and being responsible for someone's possessions or things. So for me, my mind went to another level when I saw that everything God has blessed me with, I am now saying it's because of him that I have these things. I am a steward of everything I have because eventually I'm gone and these things could still exist. So somebody else is going to have it. Solomon talks about that in Ecclesiastes. So when I look at my house or my finances or the things in my life, I am a good steward because they really belong to God. Now, stewardship includes management, but it puts your brain in perspective that you are managing their stuff, God's stuff, if you want to use that word, not your stuff, for his glory. So stewardship helped me to manage all of my resources, all the things that God put under my purview for responsibility, because I'm seeing it not as mine, but his. When the Bible tells you that you work unto the Lord, so no matter who is your boss, you're really not working for him, you're working for God, then you make you, it makes and allows you to do better work than the average person who sees their boss as everything to them, which that's respectful. But because you're not just working for your boss, you're working unto pleasing God, it makes your performance even better. <laughs> that's scripture. So because of that, the job God has given me, I'm going to work hard, hard, 150% all the time. It doesn't matter what the job is because I don't work for that pastor. I don't work for that employer. I don't work for that person. I work unto the Lord. And even as a business owner, I know I'm only responsible, watch this, to shareholders. But if I'm the only shareholder, then who am I accountable to? God. I can say the state because I got to pay taxes, but who is my boss? Who is my accountability? God. So because the company that God blessed me with to own, it's not mine, it's his. And I'm just a steward of that business in order to make it work. And once you become a steward of things and know that it's not yours because it can be taken away from you, then it's less traumatic if you lost it. Because if you personalize it as yours, then everything that happens is really done under your guidance, under your system, not God's system, and then all of a sudden becomes your idol. I do not ever want to see anything that God has given me as an idol. And if that includes my house, if that includes even family members, people do worship their family members in a weird way, they actually see them more important than God. And the Bible tells us that if you love your mother, brother, sister, father, children more than me, you're not worthy of me. So I don't love my career or my businesses or my ministry more than God. But when God has given me that gift and has given that under my responsibility for, say, management, then I am now a steward of those things because he has given it to me and it all belongs to him. Thank you for listening to another session with Sharing the Word. 
join me again as we examine and open up the Bible on topics that affect the believer. <laughs>